Welcome to another episode of The Money Mitch Effect. My name is Mitch Michaels. We have a great show today, this week, as college football is officially back. Week zero in the rear view. Now looking ahead to week one. Matt Wittenberg joins me again. Matt, it's been a, uh, a fun time. Week zero was uh, a little taster, but we got what we wanted, a full slate of college football coming up this Labor Day weekend. Oh, yeah. Best time of the year, that's for sure. Uh, game Thursday through even on to Labor Day, like you said, on Monday. So, yeah, and being the college football junkies that we are, it's pretty much our Christmas. I do have one thing about week zero. It was, you know, I'm not going to say I watched every game. I tuned in. It wasn't a great slate, and it was, you know, underwhelming in a lot of areas. But, man, the Nebraska-Northwestern game, and Nebraska's just perennial collapse uh, where they just set their expectations so lofty that, you know, outside of Lincoln, no one really thinks that they can come close to matching them. But that was something. Losing to Northwestern, when they tried the onside kick up 11, I did not catch it in real time. I was at kind of a sports bar situation and I literally looked over to who I was with and said, was that from the first half? Like, was that a replay? Cause I couldn't get over <laughs> the idea that they kicked an onside kick up 11. Yeah. Uh, going, uh, for an, with the international audience on that one too. So they, the European crowd got to see what, uh, Nebraska football has become under, uh, Scott Frost, but that was, uh, I mean, interesting to say the least, even if you recover it, I don't like he was convinced that that was putting the game away, but I mean, there was still so much time left. So even getting that, I don't think has the impact that he thought it would. So all around a completely baffling decision. And like I said, even if they do recover that, there's no guarantees that that's the nail in the coffin and Northwestern's a team that really struggled last season. So you can always expect uh, Pat Fitzgerald's teams to get up for, for games and to be competitive mm-hmm. but it's just like nebraska was double digit favorites in this one so it's just like come on man you you gotta win the not necessarily the layups but the yeah. like easy jumpers from the elbow that you start out with well what's crazy is and i do think like it's it's he, scott frost gets fired if they have a bad year this year but this schedule is so easy i mean relative mm-hmm. to everything that they could going through even with that loss brutally going through october to get to november they realistically, Oklahoma is the only game that's a for sure loss. So they could yeah. easily be like, what would that be? Five and two. I was going to say easily. Four and three, five and two is a nice range for them to be in. So I'm just saying, like, this is still, that was brutal, awful. Say what you want. They can't win any close games. They're actually in every game, which is something to say. Uh, but that said, Whit, I just think it would be worse. Like, I'd rather just get blown out every game than to be closely yeah. in it and then lose. I agree. Yeah, especially with how the way that they've lost the last few years and their stats and one-score games have been pretty much abysmal. So it's uh, not looking good for uh, the native son, Scott Frost, there. I, I I would be surprised if he makes it through the season, but we'll see. That, that early cushion could help, but yeah. it just seems like it's an uphill climb. Well, let's look at the uh, AP poll as we get ready for another college football season, and we'll gear into some picks this week and just some conference talk here. Uh, no surprise, it's the, the same usual suspects at the top. Alabama gets 54 first-place votes, overwhelmingly number one in the country, followed by Ohio State and Georgia, Clemson fourth, Notre Dame fifth, Texas A&M, Utah, Michigan, Oklahoma, and Baylor round out the top ten. So on one hand, Whit, you're looking at it, and it's the same same teams at the top of the heap. But on the other hand, what's great about college football is a lot of these teams play each other. So 
I do think there will be an opportunity. I know Cincinnati had that dream season last year. There'll be some upsets. There'll be some defeats. But I think there's going to be some moving and shaking right from the get-go, obviously. What do you think about this ranking and you know some teams that might be a little overvalued or undervalued going into week one? Yeah, usual suspects per, I mean, usual. <laughs> uh, I think Clemson's kind of overrated just because of how bad they were last season. Not up to their standards over, over what uh, Dabo's established the last five or six seasons. And I'm not convinced that DJ Uyugule is the guy there. So they have a pretty touted freshman quarterback behind him and uh, Cade Klubnik. So I, I don't know how uh, quick the hook would be if he starts and struggles, but Luckily for Clemson, the ACC is pretty bad as usual. So NC State's getting a lot of like preseason love as a potential ACC champ. So that'll be the one to circle. But mm-hmm. I think yeah, outside looking in, they seem to be, seem to be overrated. A and M I think is a little overrated because I'm not convinced about their quarterback spot. Yeah. Um, Utah is going to be really interesting to watch. Obviously, they get the the test in the swamp and week one against Florida. So that should tell us a lot about him. But a lot about them with a lot of returning talent yeah. and definitely the class of the Pac-12 this season. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I think Clemson, I know I'm speaking from a position uh, where it would be like a little hard to take seriously at times as an Ohio State fan, but Clemson's bad <laughs> year last year was 10 wins. So I yeah. know there's a lot of programs, 98% of programs out there would take that as your floor season, you know, nine and three oh, plus yeah. the bowl Sign win. Me up for that. You know, their defense was just so bad last year. Uh, I should say offense. Yeah, what was it? Their offense was so bad last year. They were just mm-hmm. brutal. So um, the defense was bad for Utah, as I say that, because, you know, we saw the Rose Bowl, but in addition, they kind of just had moments where, you know, they play these elite matchups. And and I just do think, too, and I was I was talking about this the other day, Wade, it's, it's like there's so much conference play now, which is a great thing. It's hard to really compare, not just because the SEC and Big Ten have had a stranglehold, but the style of play, I think it's hard to compare or just go off the ranking straight forward. Utah, Florida will be interesting because we'll see what these two teams from different you know regions do against each other. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, based on style of play, based on just your level of competition, those numbers, great defense, great offense, maybe even bad defense or bad offense, get inflated just because of what you have to go up against. Yeah, especially being in the first week of the season where we only have so much to go off of, just projecting a lot from whatever's returning from last season and then, there's always teams that disappoint and always teams that surprise. So yeah, yeah it's just, uh, like I said, like Christmas morning, we're not <laughs> sure quite, quite yet what we're going to get, except I do feel pretty confident that uh, Alabama, Ohio state and Georgia are going to be uh, very good this year. USC is number 14. We know about what they're, what they're going through in the off season. Uh, Miami at 16 with their new coach, um, the lowest uh, non-power five that I see on the rankings, you've got Cincinnati and Houston down there along with BYU, 23, 24, 25. A lot going on, uh, moving and shaking. But I think we should just get right into some games here because uh, there's so many of them, and I just want to kind of get a gauge on what we're seeing. The season starts on mm-hmm. Thursday. Oddly enough, a lot of friends of this program have games on Thursday night. So, And, and we hope, I mean, guess I know you <laughs> hope, but, but none of them are competitive. I wouldn't say I hope that none of them are competitive, but... It doesn't look that way. Oklahoma State versus Central Michigan, 18-point favorites there. Uh, you got your guys, Arizona State, taking on Northern Arizona, so, some sizable favorites uh, in that matchup as well. Uh, Tennessee's in action against Ball State, 30-point favorites there. So, look, it's week one, and I know there's some sexy non-conference matchups, some Power 5 matchups, but 
we do have to get through a lot of the, uh, you know, the cupcakes, cupcakes, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely excited that, uh, my school's playing on Thursday, especially with it being a cupcake against the uh, Northern Arizona. So, I mean, theoretically it should be a cupcake. If it's not, then, um, then I think I'm in for a, a long, long year, but nice to get those out of the way on Thursday and then just to lock in on Saturday and not really have to worry about anything and just to enjoy the slate. But very excited for uh, the return of the backyard brawl Thursday night, that uh, West yeah. Virginia pit game, which has been uh, shelved for the last 11 years. So yeah. that's going to be one definitely tuning into. And that's the game that is easily the most competitive on paper. Uh, Pitt comes in a mm-hmm. seven-point touchdown favorite. Pitt's ranked 17th. Expected to have a good year. Um, Desmond Howard is just drinking the Kool-Aid. He's just mainlining the Kool-Aid. Uh, but, look, I, I think they I think they should win this game. I know we're not going off of a lot. West Virginia, I, I don't have a lot of faith in. I think that they've played tough in some of their Big 12 games. But I do think Pitt, you know, this is, we talk about week one a lot, week one, week two. This sets up their whole season. If Pitt loses this game, I mean, <laughs> then you start thinking, wow, the ACC schedule might look a little tougher. Um, they have to start their season off properly. I think they will. Uh, I would say that I won't go on the Desmond train, but if you're going to tell me Pitt will be top 10 by the end of the year, I could see that. Yeah, I think that uh, Narduzzi's done a good job building up that program. Uh, ACC chance from a year ago. I mean, Kenny Pickett now suiting up for the uh, NFL team in town, though, so they're going to miss him and Jordan Addison jumping ship to SC, but Speaking of SC, a lot of USC flavor in this game with uh, mm. both the quarterbacks, JT Daniels, mm. transferring in from, uh, well, from Georgia, but originally from USC, and then Keaton Slovis for Pitt. So, yeah, going to be an interesting one. Guys, two guys matching up that used to be teammates. Boy, Slovis has such a great arm. And, you know, JT Daniels, the, the injuries and everything that went down, I, I understand his movement, you know, third school now. Uh, Slovis, if you would have said two years ago that he wouldn't be finishing out at USC, it would have been kind of startling. I know there's a lot of moves, but hopefully mm-hmm. he limits the turnovers because that's kind of doomed him a lot. But, yeah, I'm excited to see that, the USC flavor there. Uh, another game tomorrow that's actually should be exciting, too, is Purdue and uh, Penn State. Penn State minus four-point favorites on the road. That is actually the closest spread tomorrow, but I kind of like Penn State in this one. I'm, I'm not... I know road points right off the get-go is uh, is starting off strong, but Penn State, you know, and I think this is the pressure they put on themselves. They got to have this one because you're going to be going up against Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State this year. I mean, we saw it what a couple years ago when they when they just had the season from hell and they lost every game. Like you have to yeah. collect these wins early. Yeah, it's, this will definitely be a good barometer for Penn State heading into this year, and then they have uh, the game against Auburn coming up too. So you don't. West Lafayette, it's a tricky place to play, and as you and your uh, Buckeyes are very well familiar with, but yeah. I do like Penn State in this one. We've got Sean Clifford coming back for what seems like his like tenth year of college, so having experience at quarterback is going to be key going into that environment. And Friday, I just want to touch on because uh, they're the a top fifteen team in the country right now. Michigan State, they're they're big favorites against Western Michigan. Maybe not so much about this game, but. I would say I have some doubts about Michigan State. Maybe not that they're definitely not that they're a solid team, but I think they're kind of being gassed up a little bit, maybe too much. And I could see a scenario where it just falls off this year. I think they've done a good job in some of these close games, maybe outperforming what I think their their level is. 
So I'm just monitoring Michigan State. I could be dead wrong. I have been a lot in the past, but I think Michigan State at 15 might be a little inflated. Yeah, I think so too. I, a lot of uh, Mel Tucker love and with his huge extension that he got, I uh, don't think that they'll have too many too much trouble with the Broncos this uh, on Friday though. But as far as being a contender in the uh, Big Ten East, I, I don't see it. I think that Penn State, Michigan, and obviously Ohio State are clear of them. So chance for some upsets to go on the road to uh, Washington and for their third game all the way across the country. So that'll be a interesting barometer for them. Um, Washington not really expected to be a super talented team in the Pac-12 this year, but if they go out there and lay an egg in Seattle, then that's not going to bode too well for their uh, run in the Big Ten. Matt Wittenberg here on the Money Mitch Effect. Saturday is the day that we're really looking forward to. A full Saturday slate is going to be very, very exciting. Uh, just a note on, uh, and i got to just cover everybody, the number eight Michigan Wolverines. Uh, I think they're, I think, look, I have my doubts about this year for them, obviously, not not biasly, that the fact that, you know, Harbaugh was fording all offseason, they, they lost a couple recruits there. But they cover against bad teams or teams that are on their level. So I think this is actually what they do, and I think they are going to cover, what, four touchdowns against Colorado State because that's right up their wheelhouse. Agreed, yeah. Tough to play in the big house coming across, across the country, another one of those types of games. Um, interesting with his, uh, I don't know what he's really thinking with his like split quarterback strategy that where one's going to start game one, one's going to start game two. So, <laughs> I mean, it does seem like a Harbaugh move though. So, But if you're going to work out the kinks at quarterback, I guess it's good to do against the Colorado State and Hawaii. So that's probably settled by the time the uh, Big Ten games roll around. Well, there's so many uh, so many ranked matchups this week, uh, which is great, obviously. Uh, we can start with some of the earlier ones, the 3.30 Eastern slate. we got two going on at the exact same time, so one on ABC, one on ESPN. Uh, the ABC game is Georgia versus Oregon. Now, Georgia, this is the Chick-fil-A uh, kickoff game, so you got to kind of take, take the uh, home advantage out of it so somewhat. <laughs> but Georgia is a 17.5-point favorite in this game, and – you know, Oregon is a team that lost their head coach, kind of just t- fell off, tapered off mightily, especially in that Pac-12 title game. But it's funny that Bo no. Nix is coming over to Pac-12 after dark. And I do think that Georgia's good. I don't think they're going to have the hangover. I think, you know, Stetson Bennett is like a 40-year. He's like Van Wilder now, just staying in school. <laughs> With This is just a lot of points for me. And I could be way off in this regard, but I think that Oregon's going to lose but cover. I see Georgia winning this game. I think their defense will probably lead the charge, but I'm leaning more in that like 31, maybe 34, 17 with the with the half point cover. That's interesting. I just I kind of see it the opposite. I don't think that they're that's going to be all that competitive. Bo Nix was a roller coaster at Auburn to say the least, and now just stepping into a one saving grace though is that he does have the experience of playing against Georgia and mm-hmm. playing SEC defenses, but. Yeah, the whole brand-new system. Dan Lanning knows Georgia as well as anyone. Obviously, he was the defensive coordinator there for their national championship team. But it's going to be a tough environment to go into, like pretty much the opposite of a neutral site game being yeah. in, in Atlanta against I Georgia. I just think that's an uphill climb. Uh, Travis Dye, uh, Oregon's great running back, transfers to SB. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, a lot of – a lot of factors playing against them in this one. I think that they'll find their footing before too long during the season, but this is just such a tough ask in the first game. And 
Georgia's defense will take a little bit of a step back after losing all that talent last year, but I think their offense will be better. Yeah. And then Brock Bowers is just a beast at, at tight end there. So, and like you said, Van Wilder's still swinging it. So I, I, yeah. I, I think the Bulldogs do cover. I, I also want to say that my pick's rooted in the fact that Dan Lanning's the coach now. So maybe yeah, that's, that's worth that's a couple of points. The defensive coordinator for Georgia last year, maybe he can keep it closer. Uh, maybe, I mean, yeah, Bo Nix, this is where I'm going to lose this pick is if Bo Nix throws like three interceptions and a couple pick sixes. Which like, he's okay. proven that he can do. <laughs> Which he's proven that he can do. Uh, the other game going out at the exact same time is Cincinnati at Arkansas. That's an interesting one right out the get-go. Arkansas is six-and-a-half-point favorites in that one, and I think that... Look, we're going to come down to K.J. Jefferson one way or another this year in terms of what mm-hmm. Arkansas can accomplish. But if you're just looking at history and the track record and what I'm doing, it's that when a team has a lot of senior leadership and has that Cinderella run last year like Cincinnati, they're going to take a step back. And I think Cincinnati takes their step back. I think they're still going to be good. But Arkansas wins this game and they cover. I think this is a great performance to start the season for K.J. Jefferson, though the expectations with on Arkansas now they're not coming out of nowhere this isn't the oh I can't believe they're good season they have expectations but I think they win week one and keep it going yeah I, I'm total agreement on that one games in Fayetteville too so I think that'll play a big big role uh, a lot of people sneaky picks with the uh, think that Arkansas is going to be a dark horse uh, contender out in the SEC West I mean I don't think they're Alabama by any stretch but I could definitely see them being finishing the season better than A&M and KJ Jefferson has plays a large role in that it seems like I mean I definitely wasn't uh, enthusiastic about that Sam Pittman hire a couple of years ago but hey he's really proven himself so far and then yeah with Cincinnati no Ritter no sauce it's just a big ask to go uh, into an SEC stadium with a brand new quarterback I just, I don't know that Cincinnati, I mean, Cincinnati had built to that moment for years. They had been, yep. you know, and, and losing the quarterback, losing all the talent, losing Sauce Gardner, losing all these players that contributed to the to it. And I just think it's going to be tough, especially, as you said, not neutral site in Fayetteville. Going to be a tough one. Uh, other games I'm looking at this weekend that I think are interesting, obviously got to talk about. Uh, the showdown in Florida, Florida taking on Utah in, in Gainesville, in the swamp, Utah, two and a half point road favorites. Florida comes into the year, not ranked the Utes favorite on the road. This is just a fascinating game for so many reasons here. Billy Napier, new head coach, Richardson, is he ready to go? Uh, I think this does feel very trappish. I mean, the definition of a trap, the fact that the Gators have been undefeated at home in their opener uh, for about 33 years now. I'll let you pick first because I have some thoughts on this one. But do the Utes come in? Do they cover? Do they win? How do you see this one shaking out? Uh, I do think that they win. I think it's going to be tight throughout, though. That's such a tough environment to play into. I think they really luck out getting Florida sort of at the start of this uh, transition period just with uh, Billy Napier stepping in. Like you said, we don't know exactly how good Anthony Richardson can be. I mean, he's shown some flashes of talent last season. That's why they felt comfortable going with him this year. But I think that Kyle Whittingham, absolutely proven, great coach, Cam Rising, uh, done it before, almost pulled off the win in the Rose Bowl last year against Ohio State quarterback. So they're a pretty uh, like senior-led team, too. So I do think that they end up winning this one late, 
but it's going to be a tough environment. That Florida humidity is basically opposite from coming from the Utah elevation, so it'll be tough. I feel like it'll be a slow start to this game for for Utah, but I do think that they eventually win. Yeah, and cover. I'm going to go the other way. I, I just this is this is a line. This is something where the line really is telling me something too, and I think that Florida is going to be able to pull the upset off. I think this could be a very classic game. But I liked what Napier did uh, at his previous job, and I think Richardson's shown flashes to where he can be that game wrecker. And I think the home field advantage in college football means something, and I think it's been, you know, I think we've kind of taken that for granted in kind of the COVID era, and now obviously we're, we're fully back from it. But I just think that Florida has enough to do it, and I think this is going to be, this probably, probably you could say is going to be the most competitive game it has a chance to be of the weekend I it's on Florida. I think there's a really good chance of that for sure. It's honestly one that you don't know like how no. it's going to play out. So that's that's exciting, especially from a week one standpoint. And think about the stakes on the line for setting your season up. If Utah wins this game, they hit the ground running. They probably they're going to get they would get a bump in the rankings, get to maybe that top five spot. And if they you know yeah. Florida wins, I mean they're setting themselves up to make a real impact in the SEC East. So. A lot there. Uh, and then, of course, we've got to talk about Ohio State and Notre Dame, uh, the night game here, one of the night games uh, to take us to Saturday night. Uh, the Buckeyes at the time of this are 17.5-point favorites at home, number two versus number five. C.J. Stroud comes into this game with as the Heisman favorite in the preseason. Uh, Notre Dame new head coach, obviously, Brian Kelly, took his southern accent to LSU, and now it's Marcus <laughs> Freeman who's the head coach there. Uh, I have some pretty basic thoughts on this game. I think Ohio State 100% will be scoring points, will be putting points up on Notre Dame. They will win this game. Whether or not they cover this big of a spread comes down to the defense for me. Jim Knowles, new defensive coordinator, plucked from Oklahoma State, has a lot of disguises, a lot of exotic coverages, and uh, Notre Dame with a new quarterback, I think that's going to be tough for him. So I'll say cover. I'm not too confident in it, but... Ohio State, I don't know what their single-game point total is. I think they will be putting up upwards of 40 points in this game. I tend to agree with you. I, I do think that they cover this one, the continuity with Stroud and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best wide receiver in the country. Mm-hmm. Marvin Harrison Jr., Julian Fleming. like I mean, Travion Henderson is just like a murderer's row of talent across the board on that offense. Defense is a big question mark. But they're, I feel like they're going to be able to outscore just about anyone. So uh, I'm very comfortable with thinking they'll cover that. New quarterback coming in for Notre Dame, Tyler Buckner. Um, Michael Myers, a great t- tight end. But it's just a tough ask to go into the horseshoe with that. Yeah, I, I think that I mean, I think that there's going to be a chance that Notre Dame puts up points, not at the Ohio State level. So that's why I'm not – Really sure on the cover side of it. I uh, I would say that if you can get Ohio State in there, I don't know, again, I don't know what their player prop total is at the moment, but I definitely think that Ohio State scores. JSN's going to be a beast, and I think C.J. Stroud, another year of experience, is going to be good. And you got the motivation factor. That's why, look, you haven't heard, of, you haven't heard much about Michigan wanting to play Ohio State this year. I think they're dreading that game. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh not looking too good on their prospects right now, but especially as long as Ohio State gets that defense turned around, they're going to be one of the two best teams in the country all season long. 
Do you think Stroud should be the Heisman favorite uh, over, I guess, reigning champ Bryce Young? Um, and, and I would just point out that I think that might have to do with the fact that no one's repeated since Archie Griffin. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's a factor. Um, I think that's just Stroud, especially the show that he put out in the Rose Bowl was a big factor. And just like everyone be like, oh, yeah. Oh, and his best wide receivers coming back too. Yeah, this guy's going to be good. Um and yeah, I, I do think that the repeat factor plays a role into that too. So I would not be surprised at all if uh, CJ Stroud taking home the Heisman in December. Another game to talk about Monday. We've got some football too. Clemson taking on Georgia Tech. They're twenty-one point favorites. Uh, it's funny the last the last uh, couple times they've played twenty nineteen seventy three to seven Clemson, but last year fourteen to eight with that goal line stance. So. I think it's going to be fascinating. I think Clemson 21-point favorites is a lot, and I think we're looking at what the offense look like, looks like. I don't have any doubts they're going to win this game, but can DJ bounce back and, and have the season I thought he would have last year is what I'm going to be monitoring. Yeah, I think that's, this is a good one to take the points with uh, Georgia Tech. I, I do agree that Clemson's going to win, but especially week one, I'm not sure how fast they find their footing and how good uh, DJ is going to be out of the gate. So. I'd lean towards uh, taking, putting your money Georgia Tech to cover this. Well, Whip, before I let you go, I want to get your thoughts on just kind of the playoff picture this year because I got a lot of people saying, you know, it's going to be the, the basically the same teams at the top. Uh, how Georgia and Bama would both get in would, I guess, technically be a uh, perfect season going into the title game, the SEC title mm-hmm. game where they're both in. Clemson expected to be there. Ohio State obviously as well. Do you see chalk or do you see someone crashing the party or maybe multiple teams? I think at least one team outside of the top four crashes. I, I don't think that Clemson's going to go undefeated. And with, if the ACC is as bad as it's been, then that's not going to do them any favors with getting in, like being able to sneak in. So mm-hmm. I do think Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State make it in. I don't Maybe Utah for that fourth team. I'm not sure. Maybe Oklahoma. Maybe yeah. Baylor, if they can ride the momentum from last year. But, yeah, I, I don't think Notre Dame or A&M make it either. So mm-hmm. that's sort of what I'm looking at. Yeah, I would go chalk just based on what you said. And also, I mean, Utah would be one. if They, they have to beat Florida. If they win this Florida yeah. game, then you yep. can convince me into a one-loss Pac-12 champion Utah being the playoff team. You know, I, I just – even a team – having that non-conference game is huge for them. I mean – Everyone's betting on USC for some reason. I think it's going to take time there. I like Caleb, obviously. He's one of the best quarterbacks in college football. I don't think they have the interior yet. But, you know, will a team like Oklahoma or will a team like, you know, Baylor, Oklahoma State, will they have a chance to be in the mix? Possibly. You don't have that Cincinnati, that that non-power five, because the preseason ranking is so low. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think we might just be looking at chalk, unfortunately, or fortunately, but – um, we'll have to see how it shakes out. Yeah, unfortunately for me. Uh, anything else before I let you go as we uh, get ready for the college football season? Uh, just happy it's back. Uh, not overly optimistic about my Sun Devils this year, but if we can scrape out six wins in a bowl game, then then I'll be satisfied. And then actually, me most satisfied once we uh, fire Herm Edwards. So <laughs> I don't know if six wins saves his job, and I'm not sure how happy I would be about that. But uh, yeah, that's why we watch this sport. Oklahoma State in two weeks. You got Utah and USC. So, I mean, if you're th- if you're three and th- or two and three after five, is that like time to time to cut bait? Like, how does that work? 
I think so. I don't know what they're waiting for, if it's still like stuff to come out from the NCAA investigation or what, yeah. but there's no telling how fast that moves. So it's been what, like mm-hmm. over two years since the yeah. first stuff came out. So it's just exhausting at this point and just ready for a clean slate and restart. So I hoping and praying we get it after this year or in the middle of this year, even. Well, well I'll tell you what I'm upset about is uh, that Hawaii is really bad now. Like it's just not yeah, fun. Yeah, that, that was a bummer. I, I'm not even. We're not even. We're not that you know demanding people. We don't want them to be great. Just average. Just fun. Even. Yeah. I mean, competitive. And, uh, competitive, and you know, you get destroyed by Vandy like that. I mean, that is just not what you want. Um. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. I, I do. Sure. Yeah. I'm not sure how well they're going to do out in uh, Ann Arbor and next week either. Oh, so God, no. it could be a rough start for our beloved uh, boat. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, that seems to be the case. As an Ohio State fan, I'm pretty excited for this season. You know, losing to Michigan sucks always, but luckily it doesn't happen too much, and the motivation factor is there for them to come on and and have a really good season. So I'm just glad we have college football back. I think this is, you know, the best uh, viewing sport that there is in terms of just the quantity of games that you get every Saturday. So I would would just caution you and all the other diehards and all the other casual fans to save it. So if... uh... If things break right for you, who knows? Yeah, I would just caution everybody. It's It goes by so fast. We'll, we'll be talking, and soon enough, it'll be conference championship weekend, and we'll be like, where did the right. time go? So <laughs> uh, enjoy it. Matt Wittenberg, appreciate talking to you college football on college football. Thanks for coming on the show. Of course, man. Best time of the year. That was the Money Mitch Effect. Thanks again to Matt Wittenberg for coming on. The show's on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. All your podcasts are or uh, all of the episodes of the show are found there. Check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21. We'll be back next week to talk more college football, the start of the NFL season, and everything else in the sports world. For Matt Wittenberg, I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Thank you for listening. Keep enjoying sports.